From social service. Dot S G. I'm Jing Yao. This is the Nine Days podcast covering the 2020 general election in Singapore. This series, which we have titled "What's Going On with Young Voters," we chat with young Singaporean voters on their perspectives as well as their constituency observations. Today, we speak to young environmentalist Wu Qiyuan, who recently graduated from the National University of Singapore. The 23-year-old shares more about how she's been following the election through reading manifestos, watching speeches, and compiling her own resources, as well as activism and interactions with family and friends. I spoke with Qiyuan on July 3rd. Can you tell us your full name, how old you are this year, and whether you're currently working or schooling?、Mm, yeah, so my name is Wu Tian. I'm 23 this year. I just graduated from NUS, I guess, officially yesterday. Okay. So I'm like neither working nor schooling at the moment. And so I suspect this will be because of age. You'll be voting for the first time this year, right? Yeah. So I've been just broadly following it. Based on you know what my family or my relatives have been talking about since twenty eleven, but I think I'm only able to vote this year. Yeah. And where is your constituency? Where will you be voting? Ah,、uh, Marine Parade. Marine Parade. Okay, one of the well, not quite the hottest battleground, but still one of the battlegrounds, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you um、uh, met any of the members, or what do you know about the candidates or members that are contesting in your area right now? Uh, I've done some reading on the different people contesting my area, so it's PP and WP if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And I think the I guess the candidates that I'm most familiar with from PP will be, I guess Edwin Tong because he's the direct MP of my area.、Mm-hmm. I've been following the Tan Chuan Jin stuff and Doctor C. I think he's a Doctor C. Camping.、Mm-hmm. And I think from WP, I've. Been following at least Yi Jianzhong and Fadli, so generally like slightly familiar, but not entirely lah.、Mm-hmm. I guess my next question I usually ask, and this is gonna be、um, pretty straightforward to you, because um, um, I usually ask you know which issues matter most to you as a young voter. I imagine issues related to the environment, sustainability, and and climate change would be most um something that you've <laughs> been very passionate and and. and Um, articulate about would that be the issues that you are most interested in? Yeah, I mean, for some background, I'm, a, I'm an environmental studies student,、mm-hmm. and I do a lot of, I guess, awareness raising on social media. And I think climate change was the one that is definitely one issue that I care more strongly about. But you know, we have we have started to realize that climate change affects many other issues. As especially like you know the economy, jobs, even social well-being.、Mm-hmm. So I think I start to see you know start to care about other issues from that lens of you know climate justice and climate、mm-hmm. change. So like while I zoom in on environmental issues for the different manifestos, I tend to also check out what are the others, just so how just. To see how it matches up with like their climate change agenda, I guess. Yeah, and what would some of these issues be, for instance,、um, and in terms of how they intersect with, or how they are perceived through the environmental lens? Yeah, I think a lot of the manifestos, firstly, are focused on COVID or at least、mm-hmm. COVID recovery,、mm-hmm. and within you know COVID recovery, there's been talk about a green recovery, which is needed for a more resilient economy. 
So I think from that lens, I start to see if, you know, when we talk about economic recovery, who exactly are we recovering or who are we benefiting from our policies? Is it the people who are most affected? Because these are people who will be most affected by, I guess, climate change impacts also. And I also look at education, you know, is there any focus on including climate change in the curriculum? Mm -hmm. I think there is one manifesto that actually talks about it. And even economy, any plans to transition away from fossil fuels, creation of green jobs, or at least developing the sector. And yeah, you know, are we protecting the most vulnerable in our community? And I think something else that stuck out as a female voter would be gender issues. Mm -hmm. And I was quite surprised to see that only WP's manifesto covered anything about gender. Mm -hmm. But that was also very nice to see, considering that, you know, whatever they are mentioning here, whether it's for sure or what, but we can hold them accountable for a lot of the policies that they have to fight for in the next five years, at least, you know, because they have been elected. So I think... Yeah, these are just things that I'm a bit more inclined to follow or at least it will affect my voting decision a lot more. Mm -hmm. I mean, related to this is, you know, even before the election in the lead up, um, for instance, or even before the election, um, based on your activism, what has been most challenging in in Singapore when you're trying to advocate for um, paying more attention to climate issues and and advocating to political leaders for instance what's been most challenging in that process I think the most challenging is just trying to tell people that they actually have the power to get involved politically beyond like you know just joining politics I think the 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 mindset that people have is that change only happens on the inside. So if you really want change, you have to join the civil service or join mm-hmm. a corporation and rise to the top to make change. But they forget that, you know, their duty as an active citizen, be it writing to the MPs, asking for, you know, can you ask this question in parliament or even recognizing that climate change is a political issue has been difficult. Also because I think climate change in Singapore or environmental issues have been largely depoliticized and politicizing it could mean that, you know, you turn off some people and you just need a little bit more convincing to say that, yeah, you sort of have to be a bit more involved with your political leaders Mm -hmm. on social issues like climate change. And you kind of use the word like politicized, like it's been used like a dirty word, so to speak, right? And like in the sense of yeah. like, we cannot politicize this issue <laughs> because um, I imagine that must be frustrating from your perspective also, because especially with an issue with uh, like climate change, which, which traditionally considered a wicked problem, um, there's only that much the individual or the community can do. A lot of the change has to, I imagine, come from policy or political changes um, um, from, from state agencies in particular. Yeah, and I think because a lot of the narrative is like, you know, um, the, the state, the, all these businesses, we will do our part, but as individuals, you do yours by recycling, you know, not using waste, showering less. When, I guess you can, you can do that, but there's a limit, but beyond that limit, it's you trying to push these actors to do things, right? And people say vote with your dollar, okay, that's for corporations. Then where does your like the participation come when it comes to politics because it's not as if they happen at least it's not as if the political scene happens you know independently of the voters and the electorate and the citizens themselves 
So I think it's just hard to show people that you are equally linked in this whole ecosystem beyond just cutting your plastic use. Yeah, and since we're talking about politicization, right, we'll move to the current election itself where um, politics is very much front and center right now. So for me, for one, how have you been involved in the election? I know um, you recently started um, compiling resources that you've seen. So what has the experience been like in terms of you being involved in the election? Mm, I think the, my involvement with elections, firstly, definitely stem from trying to push climate change issues. But the more I speak to my peers, who are also first-time voters, uh, I started to realize that, you know, they were just very overwhelmed by how much information that, you know, there is out there, especially for those who haven't really followed. I mean, I've only followed, like, very briefly from 2011, and... I still feel very like insecure with the kind of information I have. Do I consider myself an informed voter? I don't even know. But yeah, I think for elections issues, you sort of have to be reading a lot even before elections. Trying to cram everything for elections is just impossible. Yeah, so it really started with, you know, in my own college groups, I, I try to tell people that, you know, these people have done analysis, please read, you know, listen to your podcast, listen to all the different podcasts that are out there. But even so, it's still a lot of information, which resulted in me creating like a small website that guides people sort of downwards from firstly, knowing even where you're voting. I don't think many people know what time you're supposed to go vote and who's contesting your area, which was confusing for the last week. Yeah, and then after that, it's just digging deeper, are there specific issues you care about? Because people have compiled information on different issues and then more, I guess, political insights or analysis that other people have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then using that and posting it on my personal Instagram pages because if you're not, you know, reading on Straits Times, CNA or on your Facebook, right, at least maybe when you flip through your Instagram stories, you will somehow land on uh, GE stuff. Yeah. So hopefully that keeps people engaged. Lah. Mm-hmm. And what have your interactions been like with, so you said you're trying to go through the college groups and to your friends. What have their reactions been like when you are trying to share information and you know mm-hmm. um, help them be a bit more politically aware or cognizant of what's happening in that sense? Yeah, I think the general reception has been quite good. People you know, have reached out to say that this has been helpful in helping them find things to read mm-hmm. or at least when I summarize you know they know that okay thanks for doing the reading and for giving all these insights because not everybody has the time to follow and I understand mm-hmm. that but I think the other thing I also get is that you know are you politically biased does this mean something and I have to explain that of course this is just my take with my very clear climate leanings or social leanings so if you can you know, read other people rather than just believe everything I say. Yeah. And we, we talked about friends. The other bit is the family bit because I think that's not always talked about. And you also mentioned, alluded to just now um, that you could start that you went to rallies in 2011, 2015 because you went along with your dad, I think you mentioned, right? So yeah. um, how has the conversation been like with your, with your family? Yeah, I think as my parents are more seasoned voters, mm-hmm. they have a lot of uh, takes on how this will go, how people should be voting, mm-hmm. which is very interesting because I think they come with so much experience and the fact that their circles have been voting for ages and they have seen, you know, what policies 
stick well with certain age groups and whether change will even come. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been exciting because now instead of my dad being the most politically active one at <laughs> home, he now has someone to spar with on like yes. his, his hot takes on certain manifestos. Yeah, I think not being able to go for rallies was uh, is quite, I mean, it's a very sad thing. Mm-hmm. But you can still see that, you know, at home he's been trying to now get my sister more involved because he believes that, you know, this kind of learning about politics doesn't happen just during elections, but yeah. it's something that needs to follow up to get ready for, for the elections. Yeah. So, so he used to make us read newspapers. He forced us to read newspapers. And did you, did you all watch the debates together yesterday? I imagine. Yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. did. We watched the debates together. And I think it's a nice bonding experience for the yeah. lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely interesting because now he's trying to like feed me all his wise words from his elections. <laughs> and do you intend to seek out um, the candidates? I guess that's the final question. Seek out the candidates in your constituency during this period. Because yeah. the funny thing is that, as we said just now, right, um, not seeing politicization as a, as a dirty word. And this is the period where everyone's um, attention is dialed up. So uh, do you have plans to reach out to the two teams that are contesting, especially in your constituency for a start? Yeah, so I mean, I think something that is worth joining is the Neighbourhood Green Watch by SG Climate Rally and Speak for Climate. I think they've been doing good work on this. So now they've organised people based on constituency. So I think for me, Marine Parade, uh, yeah, I'm, I've joined that group and I think we are learning more about the different candidates first. But moving forward, I've been hoping, yeah, I've also been hoping to send emails, you know, write to them, ask them what they think, how have they been acting and what, what would they help to push based on whatever issues that I care about. And I'm not even sure whether this is possible, but I was definitely hoping to post my email online just to show friends that this is exactly what I've written. You can copy it. And then when they do respond to, I guess, voters in Marine Parade, this is what your candidates are talking about based on what I've sent. Mm-hmm. Not sure whether, you know, there's like any PDPA or stuff. Uh, but I've definitely asked. But making it public would be a good way to show people that getting engaged is not that scary. Mm-hmm. Or it's not as dirty as people think it is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a fair, I, I did say just on was the last question, but I guess it's a fair way to end because I did ask you before elections, what was most challenging about your work? And now I'm wondering, um, through your experience in the many, many years you've been involved in activism and especially in climate slash environmental issues, what's been most satisfying? Because there must, I imagine a reason, there must be a reason or many reasons why um, you continue to do the work you do. What's been most yeah. satisfying in that sense and through the experience? Yeah. I mean, I think people usually think that, you know, when we do this, or at least I do this because you get change or any systemic change, but I think that is just further from the truth in that change doesn't come so easily. So ultimately, we still need a greater awareness amongst people to say that, yeah, I, I haven't realized that this could be seen this way or environmental issues could be seen from this lens. So thank you for that. But the most satisfying things would be when people say, how can I get involved and how can I contribute whatever I can to build the movement? So having that, you know, and knowing that whatever you're doing slowly gets people ready to get involved is like 
yeah, okay, I can see that whatever I'm doing is growing, uh, at least it's pushing for progress. Lah. And that's it for this episode. Be sure to check out socialservice.sg for more content and you can subscribe to our newsletter at tinyletter.com slash socialservicesg. That's tinyletter.com slash socialservicesg. Thank you very much and see you soon.